Have I mentioned how much I hate Kenworth so far this, like, today? <laughs> not no, today. not today, because, you know, that wouldn't be appropriate today. So, yeah, I, I, I really do hate him. Um, so, because we borrowed it against the company to get the truck repaired, we did, you know, $12,700 last week because we had to go back to go check on the status of the truck, like, twice because they lied they lied there's just no other way about it they lied you can't tell me that the truck regened and then you couldn't get we couldn't go anywhere because the cut truck needed a regen and then it took you another six hours to get a regen out of it you know just just you lied they lied they completely lied and and the batteries were dead were dead on the truck so yeah you're lying so our check is $927. Doesn't even pay doesn't doesn't even pay the the stinking uh, power bill. So, you know. Awesome. So, yeah, so good times. We're, but we'll we'll get it figured out. We always do. So, they never stop. That's that's all I can say. <laughs> but but Kenworth, I, I will never buy another truck from you. I will take every opportunity I can to to talk about what garbage your your people are, your personnel are, until you prove to me otherwise. Because absolutely ridiculous. You you know the whole thing is oh we want to keep people on the road. No, you don't. You you want to keep their their money in your pocket. Because if they want to keep people on the road, it wouldn't have taken four shops. And I still don't trust that it's fixed. I still don't trust it. You know, they went through everything and then they didn't do a regen. The batteries died on it. They told us that it was working just fine. I no, I just I don't trust it. I just I don't. So <sighs> but that said, as we said earlier, if you were listening this <laughs> today, um, right now we're probably out celebrating your birthday, doing something nice and cheap, <laughs> but <laughs> enjoyable. I'm not going to tell you what. Um, so but uh, yeah, that's where that is. Holy crud, the sunflowers are so tall. <laughs> they are so tall. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crud. Yeah, that's how tall they're supposed to get when you do it right, which mm-hmm. is like part of the reason why I'm I'm I was so frustrated the first year that I planted them in the front yard mm-hmm. because they're they're just were too close together. And the only thing that I could think, you know, to fix that was it's just not it's not feasible right now if i was going to actually uh try to get them to be that tall for the front yard on a you know every year basis mm-hmm. uh, i'd have to look into building a one picket high kind of thing f- to create that leveling that i was talking about so that i can specifically add and top off each year mm-hmm. with our compost that mm-hmm. we re- that we've been using cuz it's the uh, it's just it's looser soil and with the way that our rain falls off of our roof which was supposed to be fixed <laughs> but obviously mm-hmm. never did but the way that our rain falls off of our roof the seeds won't they have to be planted too deep and that and uh to not be washed out every time it rains and then on top of that uh it gets more and more compact so they don't grow deep roots and i can't plant them in 
you know, one seed at a time. Like mm-hmm. I pretty much did for that. It was two seeds at a time for where they are right now. And I cut majority of the ones that were smaller and weren't going to get big. But so that's why they're so big because they're not competing. It's loose soil that the roots can spread out in and they're not competing for nutrients because they're not, you know, super close. But I can't plant them like that in the front yard because the squirrels will eat them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you want to have, you know, wire or any th- real random kind of thing to try to stop birds and squirrels from digging around and eating them for, you know, a week and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just... It, it, the way that I'm looking at it, it's going to be work, but I have a plan and I'm willing to do it. It's just it has to be started before the season and figured out because I have to dig up all of my um, elephant ears if I'm going to do that uh-huh. and pull then move the elephant ear plants to be closer to the front of those beds, which I don't have any issues with because they've been doing amazing where they are. So I'm thinking and some of them have split. So I need to go down there and pull out the separate bulbs and readjust them so that they're actually split up because that's why they're not getting as big as they should because Mm -hmm. they have already split. And now there's two plants competing for nutrients for the elephant ears. So it's like I the front yard, I have plans for it on getting it to where, you know, we look like we care about our front yard Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just not it's just gonna be a working throughout the off season to get it to that point so that by the time spring comes around it's great because yeah it's i can still theoretically i could do it but it would literally risk our elephant not coming back and i'd have to cut them and pull them out and then replant them and because it's season right now for them it just it would probably not be very they wouldn't be very happy so if i'm going to which i already said i am i still plan on uh plant uh planting with sunflowers out there mm-hmm. i'm just going to see what i can do about kind of a a couple at a time thing because having one upside down five gallon bucket or two upside down five gallon buckets at a time to keep the squirrels away and let them germinate is probably a lot less you know ugly looking than you know having an entire patch of them or having an entire patch of something else to try to let them germinate and for anybody that's like oh why don't you just like you know plant them inside i tried that they because they root so deep so quick i would have to be using way oversized pots to seed start sunflowers and then transplant them and they still can get eaten mm-hmm. after they get transplanted so that's why i'm looking at the five gallon bucket so they can get a good you know two inches and then pull it off and then like I would like microgreens. That's my plan. So that way it's like I plant them, wait, plant some more, wait. That will we'll also kind of have them throughout the entirety of the summer season and everything. But then again, it, I keep looking at it as, well, the elephant ears will survive whether we water them or not. Sunflowers, on the other hand, mm-hmm. won't. And we haven't been looking at the front yard as like, oh, we're going to keep it alive because, you know, water costs money. <laughs> so I just I keep yep. looking at all the things. and I'm like, I don't know if it really is worth it to do it this year because then we have to water the front yard. So I'm just I there's a lot of things going through my head because <laughs> the only other place that I was looking at was in front of the monument. Because I thought that would be really cute if we had some sunflowers just lining the monument there. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder how long before somebody pulls over and, you know tries to take a photo mm-hmm. in front of them or, or take takes them. them yeah yeah because they're massive but at mm-hmm. the same time there are other people around where we are and because it's a business complex that we live in i i don't know because other people have had them and like the the jailhouse has a bunch of them and so i feel like if anybody was going to take sunflowers they'd probably take them from them first <laughs> because there's so many that they wouldn't notice we'll have like six mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll be like hey uh where'd the sunflower go and all yeah. we have to do is check our ring camera and we'll go hey wow would you look at that so so yeah no 
Yeah. <laughs> Either way. With that. Welcome to the Afternoon Dive on the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Kiki. And I'm Joey. And we talk about everything. And nothing. All at the same time. So... Happy birthday. Yes. But, but not... Yeah, HBE. <laughs> Again. So, mm-hmm. Recording this early so that I don't have to worry about recording on my birthday. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to let you guys down, so, you know, here we are. <laughs> So, uh, normally I would do, we, we, we would do either unpopular opinions or, um, confessions if we're doing like the opposite other or whatever, but mm-hmm. I, I like Thursdays kind of being like a changing it up every once in a while kind of thing. And so I wanted to agree. do, uh, some pro revenge and malicious compliance stories today because I just felt the need to have some satisfying people getting what they deserve. <laughs> stories because mm-hmm. i feel like you can you could deserve you could you know use some of them to hear some people get what they yeah especially deserve. right now we are uh, just we're getting reamed like everywhere that we can get reamed we're getting reamed and mm-hmm. and not seeing anything for it like no consequences for the people who are doing it and it's just uh, and it's just such a level of frustration because we're we've tried so hard to be good to people to give to people to help people and to do everything we can that we just were like yep we're, we're gonna be good and everything's gonna work out and just one thing after another after another and you know now that her mom knows exactly what's going on everything from you know Anna driving a car into a ditch and not calling me and so that cost us an addition if she would have just called me it would have cost like 50 bucks and if because she, she didn't, it ended up costing us eight hundred and twenty dollars and just, you know, money spewing out right and left. And I'm just sitting here just like, when, when, when did I what did I do? <laughs> you know, so. So, yeah, a little bit of karmic uh, justice justice just sounds really good right about now. <laughs> so we'll start with the malicious compliance. This one I found absolutely hilarious because you hear stories about things like this, but like I've never had it happen to me. So every time I read them, I think they're funny. It is titled Only a Man Will Do. So maybe 10 years ago, I worked in tech support for a large cell phone company. Depending on the shift, we had vastly different ratios of male versus female employees. Anyhow, there was one shift where most of the floor managers, as well as the shift managers for the entire office, were women. I had only been working that shift a couple of weeks, but knew we weren't supposed to escalate, which meant transferring to a manager, unless Mm -hmm. it was really unavoidable. I get this caller who will not let me finish sentences, keeps interrupting me. Eventually, he demands a manager. I reluctantly transfer him and go on with my shift. Next day, Linda, the supervisor who took that call, comes to my desk and says, I need to talk about that escalation last night. I'm thinking that I'm in trouble. Turns out, though, dude kept asking for higher supervisors and getting transferred all over the office, always to women. Finally, he loses it and goes, don't any men work there? Cue Paul. Paul was a wonderful, gentle guy who was also very, very gay. He takes over the call and in the most effeminate way possible (laughs) says, Hi, sweetie, this is Paul. Can I help? Dude immediately hung up. (laughs) Awesome. That's that's beautiful. You know what? It is hilarious because that happened a lot at Apple. And where where people I get transferred when I was just doing um, like when I first started at Apple, I started at tech support. Right. Okay. So I started iOS tech support. And on our team, we had um, there were 20 of us. OK, there were eight men 
12 women. And I can't tell you how many times I had somebody come over and because at Apple, and this is one of the secrets of the dirty little things at Apple, every time you transfer a call, it's, it's counted against you. It's literally counted against you every time you transfer a call. That's, okay. Wow, you, okay. you escalate a call. It's, it's counted against you. how many escalations, how many, how many did you handle yourself? How many did you escalate that you really shouldn't have escalated? And one of the things one of the floor managers said was that escalating calls, you know, because of things that you should be able to troubleshoot with a customer directly is an unacceptable reason for escalating calls. And so you'd be surprised how many people would call and they get a woman on phone for tech support. Mm -hmm. Thank you for calling Apple. My name is blah. You know how... And and literally they would say, I'd like a man, please. Yeah. That's and it was like, and so, so what we ugh. did and none of us got in trouble. Luckily, I found out later we could have gotten in trouble for it is I would jump over to their phones. They jump over to mine and I would take over that call so that they didn't have to transfer it because I was ridiculous. You couldn't transfer a call when the customer very specifically isn't going to let you change your gender. Right. Mm. <laughs> you know, I am a man, sir. You know, type situation. Really? Because we say our names. And it's like, thank you for, for contacting iOS tech support. My name is Joey. You know, it's like, it was like, how can I help you? And man, so I had this one woman, woman who did not want a woman helping her to fix the stuff on our iPad, which it was such a simple fix. You know what? You know what this, this we needed to do? Turn it off and turn it back on again. Oh, yeah. And, and close out all of the background apps. Wow. That was it. That was it couldn't understand why our iPad wasn't working and everybody and everybody on our team. And I told her at the end of it, hey, just to let you know, and I, I, I can't remember her name. Oh, Colleen. Um, just to let you just so you know, for future is Colleen is actually the one who wrote that that SOP. So standard operating procedure. And so she was actually the perfect person for you to be on the phone with. Uh, the women here are highly capable. And I would honestly say that they're a lot better at a lot of the jobs here than the men. And I'd rather work with them than the men, you know. And it was hilarious because the customer got a survey. And, of course, the customer was snide about their survey, right? Mm -hmm. And here was the thing. We didn't have a manager. So our team didn't have a manager at the time. We didn't have a manager. And so everybody was like, uh, uh, well, you know, so we're sitting there. List everybody's listening to the call. And it was hilarious because we were like, yeah, this can't be the right call because that's me. What do you, I don't know what's going on. It's a guy. <laughs> so so we, we did everything that we could. But, you know. It was it was ridiculous that people have that kind of mentality. Amy is an electrician who used to work under, you know, homes and in, in uh, fixing phone lines, installing phone lines and jacks. And she can't even I she can't even keep up the number of people who are like, you're a woman doing this. Aren't there any guys out there that do this? And, and businesses that were like, we'd really rather have a man here. It's like, wow. You know, just just that kind of crap. It's like, OK. And, and most of these people are women. I want to point this out. Most of those calls that I would get were women. Oh, thank God it's a man. Like, what? I'm reading the same, I'm reading the same, you know, um, uh, Keen, or, uh, wow, I, I forgot what they're called now. It starts with a K. Oh, well, I'm reading the same darn manual that they're reading online in the same, you know, form. So whatever. It's just that's that's amazing. So that's great. That's that was a great little story. I think mine was longer. I'm sorry. <laughs> go, go ahead. Uh, this next one is titled 
don't bother me unless it's an emergency. So this morning I got into my car and realized that I had left my headlights on. Thankfully, modern technology meant it had automatically switched off when the key was removed, but it reminded me of a time where that wasn't so. Many, many years ago, I was working one of my first jobs in a little cafe, nearing the end of my training period. It was a quiet day, perfect to put the newbie on with only one experienced staff member. The experienced staff member called in sick. Boss had to come in and cover until Sue could come in early. Boss wanted to use the time on site to do paperwork out the back. I'll be in here if you have any questions. I very annoyingly had a lot of questions. How to avoid an incorrect transaction. Where, where to find more special paper for the credit card machine. What to do when the coffee grinder stopped working. Finally, boss said, I'm busy. Don't bother me until, unless it's an emergency. Let me know when Sue is here. Shyly, I replied, that's what I came to tell you. Sue just arrived. And boss says, great. Any more questions? Ask her. Sue took over the coffee area and got me on restocking, clearing tables, and emptying the bins and other necessary grunt work. Um, I went out to the outside bins through the little staff parking area and saw my boss's old car there with the headlights still on. I went back to my boss's office. Boss, is it an emergency? Boss snapped. Not to me, I replied. Then go away. I left quickly. <laughs> I went to tell Sue instead. Sue. Then I changed my mind. Boss doesn't want to be disturbed unless it's an emergency, so I'm supposed to ask you if I have more questions. Sue and I worked pleasantly until the end of my shift a few hours later. As I gathered my things to leave, Boss ran by me, knocking into me a bit. Without turning around to see if I was okay, Boss said, Sorry, I'm in a rush. I slowed down to see what happened next, getting out of, out of, getting out of my getting out my brick of a phone to text my mother I was on the, my way home. I could hear my Boss swearing and calling my name. Oh no, boss realized that what I what I was going to tell them earlier. I was in trouble. Can you bring your car in and give me a jump start? My battery is flat. Only a few cars could fit, so only senior staff and management could park there. I walked here. I live 10 minutes uh, uh I live a 10 minute walk up the hill. I raced off before boss could blame me. The next time I was on shift with Sue, I asked what happened to boss. Headlights left on. Got a flat battery. Boss tried to jumpstart it with my car, but it didn't work. Had to call a taxi. Funny that neither of us noticed the lights were on when we walked by it. And I realized, of course, she had to have seen it when she walked in. I can only imagine why she didn't say anything either. That is awesome. <laughs> that is, see, that. Mm. Oh, she knows. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said she knows. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't think it was like a, you know. Like, I don't think she was sitting there saying it as a, oh, I wonder, you know, wonder how we missed it. I think it was a, yeah, no, I wonder how we missed it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. We both walked by his car and didn't see that the lights were on. Man, must suck to be a really annoying boss, huh? <laughs> like, I just, that that's hilarious to me. I love that so much. Yeah, no, that's great. That's absolutely. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Mm, I have plenty of stories like that, but I, I don't want to drag into it. So go ahead. What's the next one? This one is titled, Yes, Please Punish Me by Making It Harder for You to Bother Me. The owner of a small company issued me a company cell phone that I didn't need and felt that gave him an excuse to call me any time of the day or night, work day or not, with stupid questions. He also kept giving us, those of us with the company cell phones, changing rules about using those phones. One rule was that we had to answer ASAP. Another rule was that we were not to talk on the phone while driving. We had to pull over and park, then answer the call. 
So one morning, I'm driving to work and should get to the office about 15 minutes early when he rings my phone. Morning traffic is heavier near the office, and it takes me some time to get out of traffic and park in the parking lot before I answer. He keeps it ringing the whole time. When I finally answer, he asks, where are you? I tell him that I'm about 10 minutes from the office, but I had to stop to answer his call. He asks, why aren't you here yet? I tell him again that I probably would have been there at the office by now, but his call and rules have me sitting in a parking lot instead. I ask, what is the hurry? Is there an emergency? If I wasn't, if I wasn't interrupted, I would have been in the office already. He responds, why aren't you coming? I remind him of his rule that I am not to answer his phone and drive at the same time. This type of stupid banter continues for a while until he gets tired. So he hangs up and I continue to the office, now about 15 minutes late. When I get to the office, owner meets me and demands that I give him back the phone. Says I do not deserve it. Hooray! Now he is unable to keep calling and bothering me. About a week later, owner stops into my cube and asks why I'm not answering his cell phone calls. I remind him that he confiscated that phone. Apparently, he shoved it into a drawer and he cannot hear it ring. Yeah, I moved on to greener pastures not long after this. <laughs> you know, okay, so when I first got my CDL, and I first got my commercial license. There was there was a guy there, and I can't remember his name, and I'm glad I can't remember his name. I probably remember it at some point and blurted it out in the most inappropriate time because that's what I do. But he literally was like, yeah, I've got three trucks, and you know, and, and I just got to get my, Amer- my U.S. license and this and that. And he's telling me all this stuff, and everything's starting to smell fishy, right? Okay. And I'm like, okay. So I, I get over to this guy, and... His wife is the only reason I stuck around. His wife was beautiful, like just absolutely beautiful wife. I was like, okay, you know, he's running everything out of his house. And I'm like, just looking at his wife, I probably like the only reason that I'm like, okay, wow. Cause she seems reasonable. She's beautiful. This guy is now an enigma to me. How the heck does he have? And so I'm just sitting there going, okay. And, and he sits there, and the very first night, I'm like, "Hey, let's go. Let's get out on the road. I, we're not making money if I'm just sitting here. I'm staying at, you know, I'm I'm staying at a freaking uh, Airbnb at this point, right? And it's like, so I'm not going to sit here and just lose all this money while I'm waiting on you. And so he calls me up that night, right? Or no, the so the first night goes through, and we go out and we go out on the road. He can't downshift going up a hill, and I'm watching. And I'm like, well. <laughs> This is weird, right? Uh-huh. And so he sits there, and so, of course, he gets, he knows he's been called out, and I didn't say a damn word. And so the second day, I'm like, look, get a long-haul load, and let's go. This is a day, it's, he's got a day cab truck, and I'm like, I don't care, man. We'll sleep in the truck. Let's just go. Let's get some money. Let's get out of here. Let's go run and get our numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, because, and then he sat there, and he's like, well, you know, you you think you're smart because your degree in marketing and this and that and then blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, man, I just know that when we're not moving, we're not making money. Like, and now I'm I'm just kind of curious, what was the issue with you driving up a hill? Right? I mean, mm-hmm. I literally said that. He had to pull off to the side with his flashers on and crawl up the hill and couldn't get the truck into gear. I know how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. And so... That night, he calls me up, drunk off his ass. Great. Trying to tell me how he, you know, he's so smart and da 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 I said, your last business was a marine business and, and you lost it. It closed down. You failed. And he's like, I am better at business than you, Joey. I have truck. I said, you mean the truck that you told me you bought? Yes. 
Yeah, except the lease paperwork from Mercedes is actually sitting inside the the glove box on that. So maybe you shouldn't lie to me like that. Uh, well, uh, you don't know what you're talking. Dude, I got a picture of you. Want me to send it to you right now? I took a picture of it in case you wanted to BS me. I literally took a photo of it. Uh, uh, so this is what's going to happen. So tomorrow I'm going to go ahead and head home. You're useless. You're a liar. And don't ever contact me again. Don't ever go to the school again to try to find a driver because I'm going to tell the, the owner of the school what a little scammer you are, and I don't want to hear anything else from you. And so he cussed at me in German. I cussed right back at him in German <laughs> just to let him know I spoke enough German to hear what he was talking to other people about on the phone. So he knew he was called out and everything else. Just because you can run a business doesn't mean you should run a business. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> So now we're going to move on to the pro-revenge. Yeah, let's do it. So this one, I had a very fun time reading this one. And Mm -hmm. if that makes me a bad person, oh well. It is titled, Brother Ruined My Wedding by by Proposing, So I Ruined His Proposal. I, 35 male, have a young brother, we'll call him Todd, 29 male, who had a complicated birth and had to stay a month in the ICU, and because of that, my parents have always doted on him and almost denied him nothing, even if it was to the detriment of my sister, we'll call her Abby, who's 32, and I. My brother drinks in on all of the attention and has, on more than one occasion, made himself the center of attention at either my, my sister's, or a cousin's special event. Because of this, Abby and I have a trained relationship with or a strained relationship with Todd and our parents. Unfortunately, Todd met and fell in love with Lucy, who announced her own pregnancy at the baby shower my mom held for Abby. When I proposed to my wife, Michelle, I just wanted to elope, but she really wanted her family to be there, so I invited my family out of obligation. While out while out my best man Jim noticed a receipt from a jewelry store slipped out of Todd's pocket. Jim confronted Todd about this, which led to an argument. Jim told me everything, and I told Todd that he was no longer going to be a groomsman because I knew he was going to propose at my wedding. <sighs> Todd cried to our parents, and and it led to a huge blowout. In my parents' eyes, since Todd never admitted that he was going to propose uh, to Lucy at my wedding, I was unfairly judging him. I refused and brought up Todd's past behavior. My parents couldn't refute this and got Todd to agree to not try anything at my wedding. This wasn't enough to convince me to let him be a groomsman, but I warned him that if, as a guest, he'd try anything, I would make him regret it. Fast forward to the wedding, and surprise, surprise, Todd walked over to Lucy and proposed to her during Michelle's father-daughter dance and did it in a way so that everyone would notice. Cue my revenge. Jim and I hired a woman to pretend to be Todd's side piece who cornered (laughs) Todd and Lucy and claimed that she was pregnant with his baby. Todd denied this, but when she called his phone, (laughs) I gave her his number and messaged with Todd's phone to incriminate him. It didn't look good. Lucy Mm -hmm. threw the ring back at Todd and left in tears. When Todd saw the smile on my face, he knew that it was me, and I didn't respond to a single call or text from him or my parents until after the honeymoon. Lucy has has thrown Todd's stuff out and has been denying access to their kid. Todd is furious and is demanding that I clear his name. I sent him a text saying that I had no idea what he was talking about, as well as a screenshot of a bill for the wedding and gave a vague message demanding reimbursement for half of the wedding costs. Michelle knew the whole time what I was planning and gave me the green light after Todd ruined her moment with her dad. So I felt pretty good, but now even Abby thinks that maybe I went too far. Nope. No, yeah, I, I no. 100% do not no. believe you went too far. That was amazing. No, no, no. That's your wedding. You know what? Look, there. Uh, 
I can't begin to say with my wedding, your wedding, wedding should be the one day in your entire life where you get to be selfish, right? That is your day. That is your one day. I don't care about it. Anything else. That is your one day. On mine, I had an ex-girlfriend who was going to come to my wedding and ask me what time the wedding was going to be over because she had a date that night. Like I cared. I looked at her and said, I don't know. I don't care. Don't come. You know, if 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 you're worried about that, I'm like, that's just I don't care. This is my day. I want to make this very clear. When you have your wedding, the people who don't show up, don't say anything because nobody noticed you weren't there. <laughs> my wedding, I had invited 312 people. OK, I had 287 people show up at my wedding. I can't tell you who didn't go to my wedding. I don't care. You know, it's like that is my day. And if somebody went to ruin my wedding, I promise you nuclear revenge at its best happens instantly. This was beautiful. What he did was amazing. You And you are going to have a nice long marriage because your wife supported it, too. Uh-huh. So, you know what? To hell with the little snot. And who doesn't give, care about anybody but himself. And I'm glad you wrecked him. Every bit of every little feel that he has, I am 100% happy about, ecstatic about. And just so, mm, feels good. So mm-hmm. good job. <laughs> well, I just thought it was funny because it was literally, I, I love things like this. Because the reason why I thought it was funny, because it was literally like, don't try anything. I'll make you regret it. And mm-hmm. then he tried something and then regretted it. And it's like, uh, you're wrong. It's like, no, I literally told you not to do that. Mm-hmm. You did it anyways. You cannot be mad that what I said was going to happen, happened. So sucks to suck. Maybe you shouldn't have did what you literally promised you weren't going to do. But, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so this one. Is titled, Dealing with an Entitled Neighbor. Just hmm. flipping through a few stories and reading but about entitled drivers getting their just desserts. This made me think back to my days as a paramedic. We got a call to a house where there was a bariatric patient, patient who had fallen. The patient was morbidly obese and weighed around 30 stone, which is 420 pounds. Woo. The story isn't really about them, though. There are many reasons people get to the size, and I've never judged, only helped. No, the problem here was a really arrogant neighbor who, who we had come across before, and boy, was this chap an, ju- a judgmental a- moron. Our patient had a car and had a disabled parking permit. They also had a council-designated disabled parking spot outside their home, which the neighbor kept parking in. There had been... A number of letters from the council regarding this and a number of uh, parking fines just served to annoy this chap even more. On the day of the story, I took the call that the patient had fallen and we went to the house. Sure enough, the neighbor was not only parked in the disabled spot, but had parked a second car blocking access to the patient's driveway. I assessed the patient and suspected they had a broken hip, so needed to go in. I sent my colleague around uh, to the neighbor to ask them to move the cars, and when they came back, I was told the neighbor had just told my colleague to... uh, to do one no problem time to get the message home i radioed through to our control center and asked for the fire service and police we needed the fire service to help lift the guy and the police to do a little parking control Mm -hmm. the fire service were the first to arrive and i spoke to the crew commander to let them know what the situation was a fireman went to 
uh, to the house to ask our neighbor to move the car and was told the same as my colleague. The message was, was relayed back and the watch commander just asked me one question. Is the patient's life at risk? I knew exactly where this was going mm-hmm. and it was our time... It, it, it was time our thoughtless neighbor got the message. My answer was yes. There's equipment I need to get into the house and the driveway is blocked, preventing me to do so. The watch commander told the fire truck driver to move those vehicles. It was really satisfying <sighs> to see both vehicles being pushed down the road by the fire service. And the look on the neighbor's face as he came out spitting and screaming was well worth seeing. Mm-hmm. His complaints to the police fell on deaf ears. They were all well aware of the history of obstruction. And my clinical assessment that the patient's life was in danger was more than enough justification for the vehicles to be moved. I doubt it made our patient's life any easier. And sadly, they had died a few months later without leaving the hospital. But it really did bring a smile to their, va- to their face as we wheeled them out. That's great. That's mm-hmm. absolutely great. I I have seen so many instances of things like that. Used to, uh, there was a company, I, I think I've told you about it before, that did medical implants, and I was, I was hired there. And the owner of the company, I did not like the guy at all. He parked in the space that was dead, not a space. It wasn't a space, but he liked it because he could walk in the side right into his office, right? Okay. And right there where why it was not a space because there was a fire hydrant there right (laughs) and so not kidding when when i say this somebody had lit a cigarette left a lit cigarette in their car car filled up with smoke called the the fire department fire department came over to douse the car saw that his car was there smashed through both windows didn't waste any time specifically i don't know maybe accidentally and quote unquote um chose a hose that had a rip in it and so filled his car up with water while they assessed whether or not they needed to use the water hose on the car that was filled (laughs) up with cigarette smoke and he came out he was cussing screaming he was going to sue them and the cops are like who are you and and he's like that's my car and the cops like oh good so on top of that so they gave him a ticket for uh, wrongfully parking they gave him a ticket for obstructing emergency vehicles and personnel um they, so they did like like I, I don't know it ended up being ridiculous because it was a mercedes it was a very very new mercedes like it was <laughs> his obvious lack of manhood wagging around and it was full of water by the time they finally got around to removing the hose and pulling it out so so that's great i i absolutely n- never mess with emergency personnel seriously they know they know you're not slick you're not special. <laughs> you know, if, the way you're special is you're the one that gets to pay for it. It's special. All right, what's next? Uh, this one is titled, Manager insists that I do my job properly. Happy to comply, sir. So, the preface. In early 2020, I was hired under the title assistant manager at a local automotive shop. We mainly sold tires and alloy wheels for passenger vehicles. The company owned several stores. I reported directly to my manager, who then reported to the owner of the company. Shortly after I was hired, I noticed the behavior of the manager was far from professional. He would constantly mock and berate me for being the new guy. I believe part of this was jealousy and insecurity on his part, as I ended up recording more sales under my name within the first few months. He would also knock off work really early and start drinking beer whilst the rest of us continued to work. I remember when he found out that I participated in MMA training sessions after work, and he tried to goat me into a fight for his own amusement. Clearly, this guy didn't like me, and I was starting to get the feeling that he was trying to get me to snap or lose my cool, and as a result, my employment. I became even more certain of that with what happened next. So, the story. 
During the few months that I had worked there, I had noticed that our takings for the day and sales records did not match. I would often spend half an hour to an hour after work trying to figure out where the errors were coming from, whilst the manager would simply throw his hands in the air and exclaim that he had no idea how this was happening. The recurring issue seemed to be that our cash takings had been recorded incorrectly. There would sometimes be an excess amount of cash that didn't match up to what was being recorded on our sales-slash-invoicing software. Other times, there would be less. I was, at the time, an accounting student studying towards my bachelor's degree. I was already suspicious of the cash cash being out each day. However, given the manager had been treating me at this point, I was concerned that any complaint would somehow be twisted and used against me. And boy, was I right. Several weeks later, my manager took some time off. During this time, I managed a personal record of in-store sales and also noticed something interesting. The cash was never out at the end of each shift. I reported this directly to the owner of the company. (laughs) Given I was acting manager during the time my manager was away, I was expecting to report to the owner every day and explain what had been occurring whilst the manager was there. In all honesty, I was hopeful that the owner would have be having a word with the manager about the discrepancies. However, I was also weary, as I believed once the owner spoke to my manager, that the manager will immediately know it was me who reported this. When the manager returned to work, he immediately approached me with a disgruntled look on his face. I've spoken with the owner. You tried to blame me for the discrepancies. You should focus on doing your job properly. Then this wouldn't happen. I was quite taken aback by how angry he was, though I wasn't surprised that he twisted it and tried to place blame on me. Given his reaction, I'm even more suspicious at this point. He wants me to do my job properly, eh? Malicious compliance ensues. That same week, I got to work. I started paying attention to what customers were paying when they were dealing with my manager. Behind his back, I began examining all of his sales transactions and invoices with a fine comb. As the days rolled by, I started to find evidence of his dishonesty. When it came to a few cash sales, my manager was doing the following. Example, one, would tell the customer the price is $200 if he pays cash. Two, would discount the price by $50 in the sales-slash-invoicing software. Three, would put the extra cash into the till and record a $150 cash sale. And four, before we did the cash up at the end of the day, he would sneakily pocket his extra cash whilst no one was around. Though he was very foolish as he clearly couldn't remember the exact amount he had swindled. Hence why the cash would be up some days when he didn't swindle enough or the cash would be down when he swindled too much. I took screenshots of the discounts he had been giving on sales and sent them to the business owner, along with a report. A report with a detailed description of my findings. The report also showed that on all days he wasn't there for the cash count, there was no variance. When he was there, well... The owner was infuriated. This man had been his trusted employee for years. The Mm -hmm. owner was so infuriated, in fact, that he ordered my manager to do a mandatory drug test, pee in a cup style, on the same day he found out. And no surprises, he failed. Turns out the manager had quite the meth habit. This was most likely his sole motive for stealing cash and the owner was beside himself. We operate machinery every day in this store and so the thought of a manager walking around high as a kite wouldn't sit well with any health and safety professional. In fact, it could have landed the owner in serious legal trouble if any accident or injury occurred under this manager's watch. The manager was terminated immediately for a violation of his contract and was later taken to court by the owner in an attempt to recover the stolen funds. Safe to say, I was promoted to store manager positions shortly after his termination. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, we had a manager who 
I'll say I'll say this because I don't work there anymore. It doesn't matter, and I'll never work there again. But uh, we had a manager at Chevy's, and would have us as bartenders. We had to split our tips. And it's, okay, so bartender, you know, whether I I was we we had three bartenders, okay, two barbacks, and then we had a busboy, right, or two busboys for our station, and then we had uh, cocktail servers, and so we had to split our tips, and we always felt like our tips were light. Right. Okay. And so things were just really weird to us that it just didn't make sense. We were given given over all our tips. I was watching everybody. I was like, maybe Pam's not turning in her tips, but Pam was like the sweetest person. Like I still remember her name to this day. She was such a sweet, sweet person. No, she was, she was turning in her tips. It's like, okay. And I'm like, and I would look down and I knew Glenn was Glenn worked, you know, the other side of, of there with me, by the way, I found out that Glenn listens to every one of our podcasts. So, Hey Glenn, <laughs> shout out. Um, so he and I say, so he knows this story. Um, so he, he, uh, he was turning his tips all the time. I was obviously turning in my tips all the time or I wouldn't be checking this out. But one day I said, Hey guys, I want y'all to do me a favor. I want y'all to count your tips before we turn them over to, to, to Dina. I, I just want you to just count all your tips before we turn them over to Dina. And so everybody covertly, quietly counted all their tips before we turned them over to Dina. And I was like, okay. And so then Dina came out. We gave them over to her. She, and yeah, it, it, I know she's not listening, but guy, I wish she would. Um, came over, gave us all, all, all our tips. I had everybody give me their, their tip amounts, added them up. And it was exactly $250 short. Dina wow. had been taking $250. And so I confronted her. And I went, are you taking money out of our tips and she goes yes we split it i'm like i split it with you are you giving it to the kitchen staff or she goes no this is we've been splitting we've always split it like this refuse to answer me right our gm came in like three days later because she kept doing it and we all wrote it down our gm came in later and we asked him and he was very very flamboyant but he's a very nice guy and so and because i was very nice to him very much liked me like he had to ask me if I was gay because you know if I wasn't if I was he wanted to take me out type thing and I'm like no I'm I'm, I'm not gay Chris um you know and uh and I go Chris why do we split our tips with Dina and I watched his eyes go wide because we weren't the only ones complaining about it she was doing it to servers and bussers so the uh. complete other side of the restaurant in fact he was there to talk to her about that complaint wow. because I, one of the one of the head servers checked it out and was was like the numbers aren't making sense like because we would get because we were in the bay area we we're in north bay every now and then you get a celebrity or you know whatever it is and so every now and then you'd have a massive night of tips right and so and all of a sudden you're like wait a second we got $5,000 from this celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. And this, they came in and we got $5,000 tips. Yeah. There's five of us. <laughs> yep. That should mean that we get $1,000 each. Why are we getting $750 each? And Dina, literally the next day she was fired. She was gone. <laughs> like she was so out of there. And, but the thing was, is I to this day I don't know how much money she took from everybody in that restaurant because mm-hmm. she was a manager when I came in. She was a manager when I came in. She had almost no days off. She was off on like I think Monday. 
She worked six days a week. Now I understand why. Because we did the numbers on it. We said, say she's taking $1,000 a day. Just just, just 1000 bucks a day. That woman is clearing. Plus, found out that she, with Chevy's, she was making like $100,000 a year on top of that. Wow. So that woman is taking $465,000 a year in, or $450,000 a year in tips, in, in, in salary and tips. And, and not only that, but if I had thought about it, oh, I so would have done it. But I never thought about it. How much you want to bet she never reported those tips? Because mm. they were cash. And it was like, so, hmm. Anyways, so yeah, that was there. <laughs> That's my story related related to a bad manager stealing money. And and I don't know if she did drugs or anything. like. I just know that she literally w- had a job when I started that shift and didn't have one when I ended it. So, and uh, then we had Chris in there for like two weeks while he was finding a new manager. Loved Chris. Chris was great. I've talked about Chris before. He was just one of my favorite people. Um, yeah, just uh, Chris. Okay. Anyways, so what's next? <laughs> uh, this is the last one, and it is titled, Neighbors Kept Parking in Our Lot. I Froze Them Out. <laughs> this happened around 20 years ago. Our family owned two apartment buildings, three units each. We lived in two of them, rented out the other four. There's nothing but these three flats lining both sides of the road for about a mile. Not not all have parking. On the side streets are houses and very little street parking. We had more land than most of these units since it was also our home. So we had parking for around 16 cars. Everything was fine for literally decades. Then cars started appearing in our parking lot that were not our tenants. I blocked one... Um, in one day, went outside to see this a-hole drove uh, through our bushes and across the yard to get out. I called the cops, nothing they could do. So I called the tow company and had them put up signs. We'd have to call them uh, to, have a, uh, to have a car towed. The signs seemed to work. No random cars. Until New Year's Eve one year. I arrive home and every space is filled. There are even cars on the street blocking in other cars. I'm beyond pissed. I call the tow company. They can't do anything for a few hours because they are so busy. We're in Chicago suburbs. It's below Mm. zero out. I have an idea. I dig out the lawn sprinklers and hoses. I run one hose inside to the laundry room faucet and turn on the hot water. (laughs) This way, the hose and sprinklers won't ice up. But the cars and ground sure did. Three sprinklers moved every half hour or so for almost five hours. Every car, every square inch of the parking lot, the street by the cars, mm. encased in ice. I made it a point to spray ice in the locks, between the window seals and glass, in the grills, put away the sprinklers and hoses, went to bed. 4 a.m., furious pounding on the doors, doorbells ringing nonstop. We just smiled and called the cops, waited until they arrived, and then went outside cops were holding back laughter these people were told to park here by their friend who owned an apartment several buildings away Mm -hmm. the same idiot who drove over our bushes i pointed to the tow sign and told the people to move their cars or get towed in our town cops can ticket on private property with the owner's permission so all cars were ticketed they were also towed since they could since nobody could get in their vehicle Wish we had it on, v- on oh, video. Oh, I wish you did, too. My gosh, that is beautiful. <laughs> that is absolutely beautiful. And I, I'll say one last real quick story. So I had my condo on the river in Sacramento, right? 
I've talked about it before. And one of the things was that there were empty parking spaces. And according to the homeowners association, because of the way they they are, all condos are homeowners associations. Um, the homeowners association said, Hey, you know what? We're renting these spaces. So if you guys want to rent these spaces, then you can rent these spaces. Otherwise you can't park in them. Right. But they never enforced towing or anything. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I rent because it was me and I had three roommates. So I was like, okay, so I rented four spaces. Okay. Okay. So, and, and it just happened that they were the last four spaces up to a brick wall. Because mine was on the end. I didn't want to live in a condo where I had neighbors on either side of me. I had a nice condo. I was on the end and it was it was nice to have. Well, people started parking in my space and I called them out and they gave me an attitude telling me I didn't know who I they who I thought I was. I'm the guy paying for this space. And they're like, oh, that's too bad. I'm going to just keep parking there and you're not going to do anything about it. I'm like, I'll, I'll beat you down right here. I'm like, take a swing. I Get in my face. I'll, let's go. Like I wanted to, you know, but was like, no, never happened. Just chicken out, just everything short of that, but but wouldn't move his car. I was like, okay. So we parked our three cars right in front of front of his car and his two cars because we had two cars that, that were there. And then one night, yep, he had a party. And it was like, so, oh, he got he got all mad. It was like everything else. Like, great, if you park in my spaces again, I'm going to block your car. Will you do it in? And I'm going to back into your car. Okay. One of my friends, um, his... <laughs> I'll just say uh, his first name is his first name is Richard and he was a cop. Oh. And so he's like, really? That's what the guy said. I said, yeah. And he goes, I think you need to invite me over. I was like, okay. So I invited Richard over and it just happened. This guy was having a party. So he had three of my spaces taken up. Wow. So Richard goes and parks his car, his undercover car behind them. So all three of, so all three of them are stuck in his under cover police vehicle right mm -hmm. is there sure as hell the guy goes and backs into it and we start hearing screech and he comes out flips his badge out of his shirt and arrested them all took them all because they were all accomplices they had all been talking they admitted don't talk to the police you idiots right they admitted that they were talking about what to do and they decided the best thing. So great. So he got them for collusion and conspiracy to commit a crime and <laughs> and took them all to jail. And like two weeks later, the homeowners association kicked him out, like literally put a lien against his place and, and everything and just like started foreclosure procedures because the guy started parking everywhere else because he wouldn't park in my spaces again because I wasn't <laughs> playing those games. So with that said... Don't forget to hit that follow button on whatever you're listening from. Like our podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of that in our link tree in the description. And be sure to give our website a visit. And that would be stupidpodcastsoneverything.com. And when we talk to you guys next, it will be post Kiki's birthday. But please go to our social media and wish her a happy birthday. She would love it. Till then, peace out with your peace out. Bye.